So when you look at a traditional power provider, they generate electricity. If it doesn't get used, it kind of just goes out on the grid and just gets wasted. And so what we've gone and done is negotiated with these power companies and say, hey, we'll, we'll take that and use it instead of it going to waste. Uh, and then if it, there's a draw on it that they need it for you know, consumers or, or everywhere else, we'll curtail our equipment and return that power to the grid so it gets used. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast was recorded at the Oracle NetSuite Sweet World Conference in September of 2022. To learn more about NetSuite and the Sweet World Conference, visit netsuitesweetworld.com. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I am David Leary. And I am Blake Oliver. And we are at day two of Sweet World, Oracle's NetSuite Sweet World conference, and we get to start talking to CFOs and finance leaders at companies today. Customers of NetSuite. Customers of NetSuite. This is why we're here. I mean, it was great talking with Evan Goldberg yesterday. It's always fun meeting the Oracle people, talking to the NetSuite people. But, you know, the customers, that's why we're here. So let's talk to our first customer. Our first customer is Jason Sheehan, CPA, Director of Finance at Grid, G-R-I-I-D. G-R-I-I-D. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So tell us in a few sentences, what is Grid? So Grid is a U.S.-based infrastructure company that focuses on Bitcoin mining. And so we are in the process of going public via a SPAC, which was announced uh, this past November. So we are growing fast and obviously in a, a nice market that's, you know, full of turmoil right now in terms of Bitcoin volatility. So fun to be a part of. <laughs> well, this is great. These are two of my favorite things, cryptocurrency and SPACs. Right. We love to talk about And ESG. Those. And ESG. Yeah. ESG's on the agenda too? How is that connected? Oh. Oh, because... Our company is actually focused on being carbon neutral. So as of today, and we're not doing that via offsets, credit offsets or anything like that. We're actually truly uh, carbon neutral in terms of our power generation. So what that means is, you know, we're we're trying to be, we're at about 74% today and targeting 90% by the end of 23 to be uh, carbon neutral. And we do that through how we source our energy. And that comes in the form of hydropower. We're exploring nuclear options as well as traditional electricity. We're buying the excess kind of off the grids. and then. If they need it back, we kind of curtail our equipment, res- you know, restore the, the electricity back so it doesn't get wasted. So, so Blake and I want to start a Bitcoin mining factory. Yeah. It's going to have all these like, huge expenses involved. And we're going to put solar panels because we live in the Arizona desert. So, okay. it's, so it's going to be carbon neutral. I'll come to you to get the money to build this. I mean, financing is that that or, or do you build these facilities we like- build these so we're a fully vertically integrated company and so what that means is we actually build what we call pods which is where we house all of our mining equipment um you know racks cabling the actual yeah. computers themselves and you know we don't have any customers so we mine our own and that's how we generate our revenue and that's how we pay our bills so how have things been recently with the drop in prices? I, I know times are tough for mining. Yeah, companies. and you know, there's there's opportunities that represent themselves when this happens too, because there's a lot of the equipment that's tied to the price of Bitcoin. So when you see these drops, you know, the related miners also drop in price. So there's there's some opportunities there to buy, um, you know, equipment, you know, buy the dip on the other side of it, okay. buy the actual machines at a lower price point. So certainly it does create some different challenges uh, in terms of you know running a business that we rely on on Bitcoin revenue generation 
coming from. But, you know, that's why we have NSPB in place now that we can start modeling out these different scenarios and stress testing and, and things like that. So say that again. What's in place? NSPB, our NetSuite planning and budgeting solution. Okay. Um, you know, so I'm sure you guys want to get into that a yeah. little bit. Well, well, one of my questions is uh, that I'm going to ask everybody today is, how much of the suite are you using? There's so much. Right? There is so much. So. And so, you know, what, what originally happened you know, back in August was we signed with NetSuite with a, a very fast go live to be on ERP financials first uh, at as of Jan 1. And so we got that in place. Uh, we were on QuickBooks, you know, single subsidiary, obviously going via SPAC public. QuickBooks isn't going to work out too well. <laughs> so we uh, actually got live financials first in January, and then we expanded to the advanced procurement module, and then we're looking at the, the fixed asset module as well. So we've you know, got a few pieces in place now, uh, did some fun work with suite approvals. Uh, we also have you know, the mobile approval capabilities in place because our, you know, our structure is that we have these different site locations where you know, these individuals are working you know, out in containers and noisy equipment and stuff. They're not you know, behind a desk, so they're not going to be approving things from their desktop. So having that mobile capability was a big piece of the decisioning of why we went with NetSuite, as well as you know the Oracle brand and all that. So quick implementation then. When did you sign the deal? It was August, then we were live in, in January. Oh, so. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, luckily it was not a giant company. And like I said, we had the one subsidiary and only a couple of years of historicals to bring in. So, but it was, you know, a large undertaking for sure. And a lot of, a lot of time and, and effort going into it, but we got there. And how big of an org are you? Or maybe how big is the entire company? And then how big is your finance department? Yeah. So the company, you know, was around 100. You know, the finance department, we had, let's see, there's a handful of us, so there's six of us now, you know, still growing like crazy. But that was another big piece of why we went with NetSuite as well as NSPB is to, you know, get as much as automated so we could scale the business without necessarily scaling the headcount as much. And so part of that was, you know, automating some of how we actually record our mining activity in NetSuite. So just a little bit of background on Bitcoin mining. So we participate in what are called pools. And so we contribute kind of our hash rate, which is our computing power to this pool. And in return, we get our proportional share when, you know, a block on the blockchain is is solved. So when that happens, we have our activity in what's called wallets, and it causes all the transactions that have occurred. And that is in a format that we ingest into NetSuite. And then we have configured uh, a solution within NetSuite that records all that activity for sale activity, uh, withdrawal activity, transfer activity, uh, and then it records the appropriate transactions for that, as well as the gain loss treatment and establishes our FIFO stack for our uh, crypto holdings. And so- Wow, so all of your crypto is your holdings, your transactions are all flowing into NetSuite mm -hmm. and they're instantly reflected in the financials. Yep. So we have a process that's built that we can run that allows us to process all the transactions. And then, you know, some of there's always, you know, a couple ones that need to be manually reviewed. So there's a review queue that we process, but yeah, we can huh. bring it in and, and process it accordingly. And then similarly, we have a, a fun uh, impairment <laughs> exercise that we have to do where we have to value our, given the volatility, uh, our Bitcoin holdings on a daily basis. We run that process on a monthly batch. And so that one is also automated where we're going out to Coinbase because we have to pull from a user based index for the pricing and so we go out to coinbase have it pull in and then it evaluates our holdings and records a related impairment wow also automated and jason i don't know if we asked what is your role 
So I was brought on to be the director of finance project management. So I started off assisting them in an independent consultant capacity to implement NetSuite. You know, I was doing that for a little bit after I left my prior company, helping out a, a couple different companies. And then Grid offered uh, me to come on full time and I gladly accepted to continue the journey. So that that's kind of how I, I came to be at Grid. And then prior to that, I was in the software space for about a decade um, with a, a company that's local to where I am. And then prior to that, I was in the banking space going through that financial meltdown fun and <laughs> so so you're a cpa that got did audit did some baking and then became a netsuite implementer implementation specialist and so that was kind of your your niche and you were freelancing that yeah so you, you know that. with my experience in in the netsuite products as well as just my fpna background um and kind of you know operating in a space where you wear many different hats i kind of had a good breadth of, of knowledge so i was doing that alongside uh establishing some other you know visualization layers for another company i was helping out too just to kind of build out some some bi reporting for them so jumping around going back to the netsuite implementation you said we went through it real quick i think you said you're on pr procurement yeah advanced procurement okay so that is purchase orders yeah so purchase orders purchase requisitions um we're standing up a bunch of catalogs too within the solution so that way our director of procurement and his team will be able to start leveraging kind of the recurring buys some of our purchases are non-recurring so you know going through and figuring out what is the recurring setting up the catalogs um you know trying to integrate that with jira as well alongside of it so that's come into play as well uh and you know it's been it's been going great and fixed assets. And fixed assets. So yeah, that's what kind of the work in progress still. So we have 80,000 different fixed assets, the majority of which are the individual miners themselves. Um, so there's a need to track all these different things since we have different legal subsidiaries and the intercompany accounting that goes along with uh, the transfer activity with, with those oh, yeah. different pieces of... I imagine an entity for each mining location. Yep, exactly. What And when you say miners... You know, I'm picturing people with pickaxes, but that's not what we're talking about, right? <laughs> no, no, we're actually talking about, you know, just little computers, essentially, uh, that are specialized for, you know, Bitcoin mining. So they have oh. these application-specific integrated chips in them, ASIC chips. Yeah, driving up the cost of my graphics card for my gaming PC, Yeah, right? sadly, uh, yeah, all those uh, <laughs> card issues are coming into play. Uh, but we've actually recently, like, established a relationship with Intel, which was out in the news, uh, where we're going to be working with them kind of on some next-gen chip activity. Uh, uh, you know, to, to hopefully bolster that up. And then you're also using NetSuite planning and budgeting. Yeah. So, okay. you know, the, the key benefit there is, you know, since we're on NetSuite ERP, all the metadata structures and everything gets synced up. Um, we're able to pull in actuals on a scheduled overnight. And then during close, if we want, we can do, you know, ad hoc pulls to get, you know, any big entries that come in midday, you know, yeah. that type of cycle. But also it allows to create the drivers that we wanted for projection purposes and the reporting and dashboard capabilities is, is why we went with NSPB. So what's kind of the next steps for you guys? Like what, as far as, obviously you said you're going to go public via SPAC, but mm -hmm. I mean, is that, but actually, is that NetSuite going to help you with that? It's and like, I have a related okay. question sort of around that, which is, you know, what was the motivation to go from QuickBooks to NetSuite? I take it it was you wanted to go public. Yeah, it was the, it was the going public as well as you know the scalability and obviously being able to accommodate the multiple subsidiaries, which you know can't really do so well in QuickBooks as well as you know the crypto accounting. Prior to putting in the solution we did with the, the ERP, it was a very manual process that re required third-party vendors to facilitate some of the you know processing of the data and returning it back to us, which obviously costs money. So looking at it from from that vein to kind of reduce the spend as well as just bringing 
remain in-house um, and position us, you know, to be public in a more compliant fashion. And so one of the aspects that we did implement as part of that was a third-party solution from StrongPoint, who are here on site as well, to facilitate some of the, you know, more SOX-compliant related control activity and document it natively within NetSuite. So hopefully our auditors will be nice and happy when they come in and can see all the changes that were made, who requested it, when, who approved it. So that was another big piece is having that all within the, the NetSuite ecosystem. How many subsidiaries? Uh, we are up to eight now. Uh, and we have kind of a pipeline of growth that, you know, we'll, we'll continue to grow those, those different sites and each one will be its own subsidiary. So tell us about the sites. Where are they? You mentioned hydropower, yeah, so, nuclear. Yeah, so we are exploring nuclear. We got most, most of them are in Tennessee, New York. We have a site up there. That's the hydro site up in New York. But yeah, we, we go where the power um, costs can be negotiated to be favorable to us and, you know, make sense. And you mentioned, uh, you know, this is a big selling point, marketing point for Grid is it's carbon free or carbon right. neutral. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Yeah, so it's kind of like I mentioned before, it's how we're procuring our power. So when you look at a traditional power provider, they generate electricity. If it doesn't get used, it kind of just goes out on the grid and just gets wasted. And so what we've gone and done is negotiated with these power companies and say, hey, we'll, we'll take that and use it instead of it going to waste. Uh, and then if it, there's a draw on it that they need it for you know, consumers or, or everywhere else, we'll curtail our equipment and return that power to the grid so it gets used. Okay, because that was a question I was going to hit you with, which is even if it's carbon neutral, you're taking energy from the grid that could be used by consumers, mm -hmm. but you're you're just taking the excess. Exactly. Yep. Okay. And so returning it when they need it and we curtail our equipment, um, so that way it doesn't get wasted. So like I said, we're about 74% today carbon neutral with targeting 90% end of 23. And are you just mining Bitcoin or are you mining other? Strictly Bitcoin. Strictly Bitcoin. Yep. And why that? Why not other cryptos? Uh, you know, we wanted to focus strictly on Bitcoin. And, you know, that was kind of the founder's belief is that, you know, let's keep it to, to Bitcoin. And we didn't want to explore other other cryptos at this point. So just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Okay. Well, I'm trying, I'm, I'm having trouble finding fault with this, David. You know, I'm a crypto skeptic most of the time, but like this is, uh, this actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, no, they got a good business model and a, a good team structure. And, you know, the accounting side of it's a, a lot of fun. So that's why I was like, yeah, I'll go for, go for this ride, go for the SPAC and get things set up and automate things as much as possible. That's kind of what I enjoy. Do you think that, uh, you know, like the, the rules are going to change, the standards are going to change so that it's not just impairment downward, but you can mark to market? That sure would be nice uh, <laughs> because we uh, obviously, you know, before the tanking of, of as of late with the Bitcoin prices, you know, if there's any dips in there, you got to write it down. So then it's it's almost misleading, right? Because you look at it, everything's written down, but, you know, price goes back up and you're still holding it and yeah. recording it at that, that lower level. So, you know, it's uh, it's always fun. But, you know, when we sell it, we realize those gains and it kind of comes back. But <clears throat> in the meantime, if you look at the balance sheet, it's... It's kind of, you got to look at the different reserves that are there for the impairment reserve to kind of tease out what the true value is. Yeah, it's not really helpful for investors. Is that an issue with the SPAC, like explaining that to people or? No, I don't think so. Because, you know, with the disclosures and everything else, it's the, the right now we're just going back and forth with the SEC on comment letters and responses. And SEC is always not the quickest. Are but... they, they're uh, giving you a hard time? 
not a hard time, you know, just making sure that, you know, we're addressing all their questions and needs. And I think some of them might be coming down to with the uh, futures trading commission as well with, you know, who's going to oversee the crypto space. Because I think there's been some back and forth there between the SEC and the futures uh, commission on who is actually going to yeah. have that oversight. So I think that might be coming into play. I, I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating. But I believe that's probably what's dragging out some of the, the S4 uh, registration updates and then the comment letters back and forth. Uh, is probably due to that, but not entirely sure. So then the, you guys ultimately, you're mining, 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 mining. You, you find a coin. Are you selling that the next day? Are you sitting on this for a long time? Or like, what's kind of the the business model, I guess, right? Yeah, it, it all depends. So we're, we're not, um, you know, holding for investment right now. We're really using it to fund growth and operating activities. So we will typically, you know, mine and then sell pretty quickly. But, you know, we do mine and hold. We, we sell it to fund our operations as needed, essentially, and for equipment buys and things like that. And you said you're part of a pool. Is that right? Yeah. So a lot of uh, Bitcoin miners and crypto miners will participate in what's called a pool. So you kind of get your collective computing power together, and then you get your proportional share when a reward is generated from the blockchain. And so that, you know, is a pretty typical thing. And so you'll see that across a lot of the space where you're participating in a pool. And you're going public via a SPAC, or that you want to, mm -hmm. why a SPAC? Why not a traditional IPO? Just quicker. Uh, you know, I think that's the, the name of the game is that, you know, the speed to go public via an IPO versus a SPAC is, is very different. Um, you know, but obviously there's a lot more scrutiny on SPACs, which again is probably causing some of the delay with, with the SEC is just they want to make sure that, you know, they understand our business and what we're doing and, you know, what that's going to look like versus a traditional IPO, a little bit more costly and a little more time intensive to, to go that route. I imagine that when you started the SPAC process, probably what, like a year ago or yeah, I mean, yeah, it was I mean, a, what? It takes uh, a while. Yeah, it does. It does take a while, and there's obviously a lot of NDAs in place and things that can't be discussed back then. But yeah, it, there's negotiations going on, and then yeah, we announced in November 21 right. that we would be going via the SPAC. And the SEC then, in the in the interim, started to get hard on SPACs, you know? Right. Yep. Yeah. So, so I think that's contributing some of this okay. delay in our, our our listing going out. So yeah. So hopefully, I mean, we've gone back and forth with them a few times on the comment letters and everything. So hopefully we'll have that wrapped up and satisfy, you know, all their questions. Fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed, indeed. <laughs> so David, I derailed one of your questions, but I thought it was a really good question. And um, I don't even remember it now. It's about the, the future. Oh, yeah. So yeah, what is the future? I mean, one thing I was just thinking sitting here, if you get too good at mining, you're going to produce too much supply and the price will fail and now you have no business, right? So, but what's the future in general? Like what's next? What do you, what do you, what is your job? Do you have to start implementing with NetSuite as you guys grow? Yeah. So, I mean, always continuing to look to evaluate, you know, where can we leverage NetSuite for our business and how, you know, we can optimize the solution as well as, you know, what other partner solutions might be out there that might be a good fit to add into the ecosystem. So we're always looking at that and exploring the capabilities. You know, that's kind of part of why I'm here today and or this week is to kind of understand, you know, latest developments and, and things like that and keep up to speed. So always looking to refine and enhance and automate, uh, provide better visibility to our leadership team in, in terms of what the finances are doing, give them the visualizations. If they're not akin to reading numbers on a page, they could see some graphics and things like that. But really just, yeah, trying to understand what's out there and how we can leverage the technologies that are available to us. Jason, do you personally hold Bitcoin? I do not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a USD guy. <laughs> USD. <laughs> and so for our listeners, tell us the difference. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just, I never got into it. You know, prior to joining Grid, I, uh, you know, wasn't very involved in, in the crypto space, to be perfectly honest. And it was just, you know, I, I've taken some riskier investments in different areas, but never got into the, the, the crypto space. And I don't know, just have yeah. it. <laughs> Since you're just never a crypto bro who joined a crypto company, you just, for you, I'm the a finance bro that joined is, a crypto company. The, the excitement <laughs> for you is, is implementing NetSuite, essentially. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that's your, your excitement is doing that. Yeah. And the planning aspects and, you know, helping, you know, craft what that solution looks like so it fits the, the needs of the business. And you know, I think I mentioned it before, it really doesn't matter what industry or business you're in, like NSPB can be crafted around your business to fit your needs. And so, you know, we had a good implementation team that helped understand what we do and incorporate that into how we crafted the solution so that way you know it fits our business model uh, which is a little bit unique and not as common as, as more traditional people uh, might see with customers and everything else because we don't have any so we have you know big on spend and obviously generate revenue in an atypical fashion with mining bitcoin um, and so i think that that was the the key piece for us but yeah that that was kind of my bread and butter and what i enjoy doing cool so so bitcoin has a fixed supply Mm -hmm. So the number of Bitcoin will decline over time. How does that impact a mining operation like yours? Yeah, so there's there's a concept called halving. And, you know, once you reach a certain amount of coins, they kind of have it. And so I think it's supposed to be extinguished by 2140. So I don't think I'll be around for when the the supply of bitcoin runs out but the way that the the bitcoin was designed is that these having events occur so that it doesn't get mined out like super fast uh, but eventually it will you know past our lifetimes but that i think will when we will start to see the transition over to more fees for you know transacting and supporting the blockchain transactions that are occurring and so the data centers that you have that are mining or the mining centers that are mining the coins will flip over to facilitating transaction. Yeah. Okay. And I think there'll just be a different fee structure that will be kind of the rewards that were typically the the, the blockchain, the Bitcoin come from the blockchain. And you know, what do you see as the, uh, you know, as an insider in this industry, where, where do you see Bitcoin headed? I mean, you know, David and I have been skeptical about Bitcoin as a payment mm -hmm. method, right? It's, it's, it's slow, it's expensive, it doesn't really improve on anything we do currently. Obviously, there's the store of value idea, the digital gold kind of concept. But it seems like nothing has, you know, really, like, we don't really know what it is yet. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, I think, the opportunity that exists out there, just with the, you know, the security around following how, you know, a transaction was supported by our efforts in computing and participating in solving that transaction and just the verifiability of it. So, you know, it's very hard to manipulate the, the blockchain. So I think that aspect of it can have many different use cases going forward. And, you know, the Bitcoin component of that, you know, being one of the first early cryptos around, you know, will have that presence to, to be that forerunner for it. Any more questions, David? No, it sounds like, Jason, you're in a really good spot, I think, from a implementation process right you this yeah. one's totally crazy it's all new and so now going forward if you you know one day when you move on in your career you're gonna have all this expertise of implementing netsuite in place ways no you had to invent ways to yeah implement yeah it, and basically. you know we we leveraged some of our uh counterparts that are here today uh or netsuite partners that are here today to kind of help us identify how to do that because you're, you're right it was you know complete unknown territory for a lot of people to understand like what we're trying to do and obviously automate the way that we did uh was very unique so yeah we're kind of first uh, to do it um but excited to be a part of that and excited to see how it's working do you want to give a shout out to your netsuite partner 
Yeah, Prolecto. Uh, don't know if they're here today, but they were instrumental in helping us with uh, some of the automation. I could mention StrongPoint, too, mm-hmm. uh, were, were key. And our implementation teams from NetSuite themselves were, were key in getting things stood up and, and running in the way that we needed to, especially in the, the RP and that quick, <laughs> quick deployment. Uh, but our NSPD team was excellent as well in understanding kind of what we do, how we do it, so they could build out the, the solution the way we needed to. So, Jason, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you or learn more, uh, about Grid, come work What's for Grid. They do? Yeah, they can uh, shoot me an email. It's just jason.sheehan at grid.com. And just shoot me a note and respond. I'm on LinkedIn too. So yeah, connect with me out there. We'll put your LinkedIn in the uh, show notes. Yeah, perfect. Great. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it.